Hello and welcome to the Popcorn Junkies. It's been a Hi. while since we've been in the uh, broom cupboard. In the hot seat. In the hot seat, reviewing films. Uh, we are reviewing, let's cut to the chase, shall we? We're reviewing 3,000 Years of Longing, the new George Miller movie. George Miller, for those of you who don't know, directed uh, the six, six, seven years ago. I didn't realise it was so long. No. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, he's in the process of shooting, or certainly pre-production, of Mad Max Furiosa. I Furiosa, think. I know, that's um, exciting, isn't it? And this is, I think he also, did he not also direct The Witches of Eastwick? Oh, he probably did a long uh, time pretty ago. I'm sure, pretty sure he did. Um, he, you know, he's quite old now, he's in his 70s, I think. And uh, and, and so this is a film uh, starring uh, Idris Elba uh, and Tilda Swinton, pretty much in a two-hander, isn't it? Yeah. Even though yeah. we have lots of other stories, it's pretty much a two-hander. It's based on a short. It's based on a short novella by A.S. Fire called "The Gin in the Nightingale's Eye." The Nightingale's Eye is the bottle, the name of the glass. I wasn't sure if you picked that up because it's right. said very quickly in the film. What are our feelings first and foremost about Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton? Well, I thought it was a partnership that definitely couldn't work. I'm 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 agnostic on Idris Elba. I I thought he was kind of good in the Suicide Squad. I my worry with Idris Elba is that he's very one note and always the same, not only across films but within films. Okay. I feel there's very it's weird. I often feel there isn't huge arcs in his character, regardless of when there are arcs. It's weird. I feel he doesn't translate them for me. So I always enter an Idris Elba film not particularly excited. No, I Tilda... used to think that, but then I, I, I saw him in a film called Molly's Game with Jessica Chastain. He plays the lawyer and he was drop dead right. brilliant. Yeah. And I think that it, sometimes he gets bored with what he's acting. Well, he sometimes I can, I can feel his boredom. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tilda Swinton, I think also a bit of an acquired taste. And if I'm honest, when I saw the trailer, I wasn't looking forward to it. Not that it was a bad Yorkshire accent, but there's that, a weird thing kicks in when you know it's not her accent. You're thinking all the time, oh, what a good Yorkshire accent. I just didn't think she needed a Yorkshire accent. It distracted me. Oh, did it? Because I just know it's not her accent. So oh, OK. I thought curious. it was a pretty good accent. It was a great accent, yeah. but why? When, you know, so all I kept thinking was, in so she's many scenes, she's doing a really, no, I oh. kept thinking she's doing a really good Yorkshire, but that gets in the way of enjoying oh, okay. the film, because okay. I'm just thinking, oh, she's, okay. so, so there's that. And you're right. So it's called The Gene in the Nightingale's Eye, and the Nightingale's Eye is what you, what is what? Well, what, what, she goes to the market in Istanbul and it's just the Grand Bazaar. The Grand Bazaar, not it's just amazing. I have. I have, and I'm now going to introduce for the first time in Popcorn oh. Junkies ever what they used to call artificial aids in when they were doing a sort of a lectures, prop. a prop. This came from that very market. Wow, show and it I've, to the show. Can the camera see it? Can and I found it, it in my flat after I, I've seen the film twice and I just was cleaning my flat and believe oh. it or not, I found this. Wow. I mean, the one in the film is blue and it's narrow. Well, it kind of changes, glass. doesn't it, across, across the, across the yes, film? It's sort of yes, yes. But problems. I just thought I have got to take that's that a brilliant show looking. That's a brilliant looking one, it isn't, is, it? isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, is it cuter? I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, but yeah. the fact that it came from there, and That's I'm great. like, no, it's absolutely that. astonishing. Oh, good, good, good. I really like that. And perfect for wine and and be careful somebody might pop out who you don't expect anyway so, so this is yeah. so this is a twist for me if you want a quick grab on this this is a sort of reversion of almost arabian nights yes, isn't it very good um, yeah it a thousand, thousand and one arabian nights, nights absolutely yeah. um she she's a narratologist which i think is a great word isn't it yeah i don't she, know if it exists it means she's a scholar of stories <laughs> she's a scholar of stories which in itself makes immediately makes any film which establishes that as kind of like right this is going to be a film about storytelling and yeah, this is all yeah. storytelling and all that kind of it stuff. also um gives her 
it makes sure that she's got her credentials for being right. absolutely knowledgeable about things that don't exist in a sense. I mean, about about stories rather yes. than real life. Did you relate to that as a librarian? I so related to yeah, that. Yeah, I bet you did. I yeah. thought that was, yeah. as I was watching. Yeah. She's clearly a sort of spinster type. She likes to be on her own. She I'm tells a solitary us... creature by nature. I have no... Yeah, she sort of talked about her being at school and how she was on her own and we had a little animated sequence there, didn't we? Um, and quite quickly in this film... Well, no, I tell you what, very early on, I mean, almost the first shot as she gets out of a car and walks through the airport, we are shown these curious visions. Yes. Demons or gods strange or just people. strange little people. And one of them is in the trailer. Now, the, the thing about the trailer that got me very excited was I thought, yes, lots of little weird shit, like the guy who was looking at her. Yeah. And I'm sli sure I've seen him slightly frustratingly, that was it um, in terms of, you know, outside of the kind of Arabian Nights sort of storytelling. But also the music in the trailer was brilliant. And I, I, the biggest loss to me was that music, which I thought was brilliant. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought, oh, great. And then she's at a lecture hall and while she's giving a lecture, there's this really stern looking kind of apparition. Pretty, pretty scary. Pretty scary. And I thought, OK, this is going to be hallucinogenic. And I was kind of tying up my seatbelt and I was going, great, I'm strapping in for the ride. This is going to be... And, and then it kind of stopped being that. Yeah. What were they trying to say, do you think, well, at the beginning there? Yeah, I'm not sure, but the, the thing is that she's obviously been overworking. Uh, this, this is her sort of backstory, if you like. She's been overworking. Yeah. She's increasingly seeing things that aren't there, which is what she puts everything down to until she reaches the bottle in her hotel room. Yes. And what she does is she's got the same sort of way of dealing with it all. She closes her eyes, she counts to three, opens her eyes, and generally the thing is gone, so she knows it's mm. her imagination. In this case, she's giving a lecture at the hall. She sees this really weird guy, and believe mm. me, he is, and he gets closer yeah, and closer. Frightening, isn't it? what her sort of thing that she does doesn't work and she ends up fainting, doesn't she? So then the guys pick her up and say, you've got to stop working so well, mm. Tilda. Mm. And she's very matter of fact. And she mm. says, there's nothing wrong with me. Marches back to her, her hotel room, then goes to the bazaar and what happens, happens. Well, then she, you know, gets the top. She kind of cleans it, scrubs it, flicks the top off of the genie's bottle, if you like, the nightingale's uh, eye or whatever it's called. I, I like the, um, the, uh, Mo mo what do you call a mobile toothbrush? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, the mobile toothbrush. Yeah, yeah. people in the audience actually went, Ugh. No, no, uh, no, And then he shoots out. He shoots out, and there's no surprise because <laughs> this is in the trailer. He shoots out, and he's giant. He's enormous, and his foot sticks through the door. And and we have really then... It, I, I think what I was surprised by was how it started in a way that I thought was going to be unexpected and surprising. Yeah. And then I felt it became incredibly conventional. Mm. I thought, OK, we... We have a glum genie, which we've seen before. Even Will Smith did that in Aladdin. You know, the idea of True. being trapped in a genie. You know, and even Robin Williams said it yes. in the animation. Doesn't it? 50,000 years in a bar, you know, yeah. um, in a bottle. And so I got that. I genuinely thought that Idris Elba's one note, slightly bored with all the parts he plays. Vibe. Vibe. Suited yes, a genie did. because he, he seemed so fed up. And, and he was monotone. And he was sort of heavy hearted. And he just kind of wants to deliver on a, the three wishes. And what I liked about that was it's the standard narrative. Yeah. yeah. And then the film kind of proceeds to kind of, uh, and this is where I think it gets a bit confused, proceeds to either try and confirm that narrative or deny that narrative by telling other little narratives. It certainly doesn't puncture the narrative in the way that I think he, maybe he was... Puncture what? Puncture it, sorry. Um, well, the way that he then proceeds with the story, yes. it doesn't, it's very traditional. He literally shows us the three things that have happened to the genie in yeah. order, in yeah. a yeah. yeah, in a totally... And the stories are fantastical yeah. and they look sort of brilliantly odd. There are sort of hallucinogenic moments in them. 
Some um, are much better than others. Some though, are much better think? than others. I mean, you know, we've got sort of concubines, you've got harems, you've got you've got so many sort of uh, wild and wonderful stories. And I'm a huge fan of that whole Middle Eastern thing. And it was, yeah, you know, I was really getting that sort of Middle Eastern vibe. But even in its treatment, I sometimes felt that the special effects or the lenses, not the lens, but what he was doing in post with that sort of distortive, distortion, distorting kind of thing, which makes it look fisheye, yeah. was in a weird way getting in the way of me being able to enter how fantastical these okay. things were. Okay. I, thought, I thought he could have been a bit clearer. I felt like he put a sort of Instagram filter oh, that's really over these flashbacks or these, yeah. these reach outs. And I suppose I found them more interesting but I tell you what, I was really shocked by it. was yeah. how conventional it all was in the hotel room. Yeah, yeah. So stark. I mean, I was. I tell you what, I was reminded of at times. Yeah. Um, Leo Grand, Emma oh, Thompson. No, don't say that. I was. It was just so conventional. It was. Okay. It was so static. Well, I thought. I don't. I, I was sort of thinking. I've seen it twice, and I must admit, I enjoyed it far more the second time. So it might be a film that benefits. You, from you enjoy twice. every film more a second time, don't you? Maybe <laughs> it's because you see more in it. Maybe, but I just felt more comfortable with the premise and everything. But but all I knew about George Miller was that he does very sort of amazing sort of scenes of carnage and this, visuals. that, and the other, great visuals. But there was nothing greatly visual about this, except for the genie coming out of the bottle and going back. Mm. I mean, the first story, there were a few sort of disconcerting things like insects dropping and mm. lots of things. But generally, it was a complete retelling, you know, without any sort of fire. fire yeah, I mean, you had all these characters, that, like you had the Queen of Sheba. Yeah, he goes from one story to another, Idris. Um, well, yeah, so you've got, two, in a sense, you've got two parallel things going on. You've got the narrative happening in the hotel room, which is him sharing his journey through eons, intercepting various mythical characters in history, yeah. or, or real characters yeah. in history, and how he's watched things happen and how they happened here and da-da-da. And then you've got the other narrative of her, in a sense... I, c I couldn't really understand what she was feeling in, in respect of him until at the end you felt like there was some suggestion of a relationship or she wanted something more from him. And any, anyway, he was demanding in a sense of her. As he had demanded of other characters across time, she deliver on the three wishes. And I thought the film was at its richest when it discussed the notion of that narrative device. Yeah. How whenever it's generally been used, the final wish, it ends in tragedy. Yeah. In yeah. some way. And I thought that was rich. I yeah. thought that was really interesting. And I thought that, you know, especially when he told that one story of the girl who became pregnant. Yeah. And eager. And I thought it was interesting because I've, I've really thought about it since. I thought I could have done with more of that. I thought it could have actually become more theoretical. Okay. Than it was. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. it has it has this veneer of being academic and, and yeah. intellectual. And the and it isn't. No, it isn't. And the first the first story that he tells us, she at this point is still the school mom that we've come to know and expect. And everything that he tells her, like Solomon and Sheba, she she counters with all oh, the Queen of Sheba, the King of Solomon, mm. all the stuff that we know from history. And he mm. says a funny line, which is, "I was there." Oh yeah, when he says, oh, "But all the history books say that they march, she marched to him," yeah. and he's like, "I was there, they marched yeah. to her." Yeah, and it's no, a I very like world weary genie. But as you say, we've seen world weary genie is over and over again. Yes. So and I, 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 I suppose, I, and all the way through it, I was waiting for a sort of eureka or an epiphany moment or a narrative kink, because I thought this is about storytelling. I was, I was yes. waiting for a surprise, and I never got a surprise in I, the story. I thought it was either going to be something revelatory about him or something incredibly clever about her wishing. I mean, which you could argue it was a bit. Yeah. But, and then it kind of, I don't know, I it kind of, didn't really know what it was, even down to her being a school mom, like Emma Thompson in Leo Grant. Yeah. I found myself slightly bored in the hotel. Mm -hmm. 
And I didn't actually, in any way, shape or form, believe that there was a frisson of anything between them. Oh, I thought they got quite a good chemistry going on, but, mm, but no, not in terms of a relationship. But that, no. but it seemed to me that the relationship bit was tacked on at the end because she suddenly became all dewy-eyed. Yeah, he just didn't seem very interested. Well, I didn't mind him not being interested because it's part of what he has to do. Mm. But she suddenly became, from being contradicting him and being sort of very much a schoolmistress, mm. became sort of, oh, I get the point of this. If you, if we have a relationship, you, mm. you know, you come out of your three hundred thousand years of longing. I mean, connections were clearly being made across time, as Maddie pointed out. She has a scar till the Swinton on her head, yes. which is a scar. And so I think it was toying. I think it was toying with ideas of are the are we all the same people passing through history? So in a sense, is she the person that he was with back then? Yeah. But even that thread wasn't... It's a really weird film. On the one hand, it wasn't coherent enough. And on the other hand, it was incredibly conventional, which seems almost slightly contradictory. The story is much less conventional. And, I mean, it's much more shooting off in various ways. Right, and oh, I that's want, interesting. And, and Have you makes, read it recently? Yeah, and I thought, my God, she's done something really, really original with this story, mm. which made me think that's why he's chosen it. Mm. When I, I've seen this film twice, and when I first saw it, and then I knew Mark and Maddie and I were going to see it, I thought Mark would be bored to tears by it. Not bored to tears, but I thought he would be very bored because it's slow, isn't it? it is slow, and for yeah. the reasons that you've said, mm. it doesn't add up as a sort of... Um, it promises a lot and then doesn't give well, you... Well, and also, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the director. And, and yeah. uh, my problem with this film, I have to say, I think is Idris. I think oh, if gosh. I fundamentally go to it, I just don't... There was nothing new about what he was doing. And he felt... You're, you're right, world-weary is the right phrase. But even in the flashbacks, I felt he was world-weary then. He was always world-weary. I, I go back <laughs> to this idea that he stayed at a level. It's like he Actually, finds his, he finds his pitch for a character but stays there. It's like once he's found it. And, and so I felt there was no... I mean, there's the moment where she says, I wish I'd never met you, and he screams, and all the special effects do the work there. And I felt the special effects, in a sense, were trying to lift and give depth where there was depth. For example, that kind of curious shot where he's holding her, and it's almost like a sort of Pieta yeah, of, yeah. of Mary and Christ. You know, I thought, well, all the special effects are working overtime here yeah. to fuse them together, yeah. but I haven't believed it between them at all. No. And so I thought it was quite conventionally acted, it was quite conventionally directed in huge swathes, and he just got all his gizmos out to jazz it up for yeah. all the flashbacks. And I've seen better... I wasn't transported to the Middle East as much as I was in Guy Ritchie's Aladdin. No. Because I didn't find it as immersive. I do think his treatment of the imagery, and I go back to this Instagram lens, kind of... Held it all at arm's length a bit. I would agree with that actually That's entirely. I mean, I didn't feel any any. I mean, I've been to Istanbul, as I say. Mm. You know, consequently, that yeah, I, didn't get a sense I, of I know the, the sort of. I mean, you kept seeing the blue moss through yeah. the windows. Yeah, which has been clean. green screen. Yes, yes, yes. But I didn't get any of the Middle East. That sort Not of all. fascination. Didn't of get the, the Middle smell, East. the flavour, the sounds. You didn't hear yeah, the, the, the call to prayer. No, I didn't get any of that. Me. I didn't get any of that. And even right down to because we. That's true. It reminded me a little bit in a weird way of Bullet Train when we'd go off to these side stories, which would last about seven minutes. But the, the dilemma with doing that in any film is you're asking the viewer to invest in that, but none of the characters establish themselves. And in fact, in many of those past stories, many of the characters didn't even talk. No. And when they did talk, they were being talked over by narration back in the hotel room. So there was, I just thought, found myself not caring, really. Also, didn't you find, I, I didn't find this so much the sec, on the second viewing, but I found that the sort of ventures into the Middle East where he's the djinn mm. like, around the corner waiting to do something magical, I found, found the stories themselves not only didn't reflect the Middle East, but they were a bit distasteful in some ways. There was nothing sort of about them that made me mm. want to know more about these characters. The, yeah, it certainly didn't make you want to go away and read the Arabian Nights. No, no. and that in a way is a disservice to the book. Yeah. It makes me think that he filmed more and then didn't, mm. maybe didn't, weird. dropped it on the... 
So I, I almost wonder whether it almost felt like he'd shot the hotel stuff during lockdown and then did all the rest of it in, in post. He did. Oh, he did? He did. Oh, right. Oh, well, that explains he everything. Did. It was too static. I mean, he you did. could feel that they couldn't... It was almost like COVID got and in the, the way. And they'd all got their masks on. Yes, he said, I've read an interview with him where he said it oh, would really, really damage the whole so thing. so much. That explains yeah. so. Okay, well, in summary, I'll, I'll go first. Yeah. I'd be a lie to say that I had high hopes for this. I didn't have high hopes for this. In some ways, Idris's style of acting really suited the character but it wasn't enough to make a, the genie a unique thing in this film to any other portrayal of a genie I've ever seen before. He looked the part, didn't he? He, looked, oh, he, looked, he always looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, he looks fantastic. fantastic. Um, I mean, I loved him in The Suicide Squad, but even in that, he, he was on one no, note. No, was, I, was, I wouldn't you know, with that. Tilda Swinton, I think, is an acquired taste. I didn't, believe, I didn't believe their romance. I didn't believe her. And I think it sounds weird to say that a successful Yorkshire accent also got in the way. It oh, did. Okay. I didn't. I felt all the time she was acting. Um, okay. And so I didn't believe her sitting at a desk writing and all that kind of stuff. I thought it was, I thought it, it's not, it, it's heart's in the right place. Yes. I think it wants to tell a really colourful story and it's quite a self-indulgent film for him as a director, I think. And I think that's nice and that's fine. That's all right because he's had such a big hit. But I would argue that it thinks, it, I think it thought it was more intellectual than it was. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's very, I don't think it is intellectual at all. No, no, it isn't. And I think in terms of the fact that she's a narratologist and it's about storytelling and stories, it was incredibly predictable. Incredibly that is, predictable. That as a and the, and the, the rhythm of the film is hotel, story. Yeah, hotel, that's story. absolutely true. And each story he tells develops to him being now in the hotel. Yeah. And then, you know, it was then a sweet end. Then you have the tacked on ending, which yeah, was, it was also sweet, weird. it was sweet enough, but why do they always have to shoot in Primrose fucking Hill or wherever it was? I mean, and it looked like Primrose And also the bit with the neighbours, didn't you yeah, think that the neighbours, was, it was weird. It was just... I, I, thought, I thought that was bad. I thought that was, was one of the few really, really bad yeah, bits. Yeah, it was really weird. So, all in all, for me... I came out and like you were, you were asking, I, th I said, it's sweet, it's a fairy tale. It's, you know, it's a sort of fable, isn't it, of sorts. But it was too gentle for me. It was too obvious. It was too predictable. It was too conventional. Um, and it was too one note. And I think that's quite an achievement when you're dealing with such exotica <laughs> and, you know, the you world. That's and, really damning. Um, so I would give it 55. It's a curiosity. It is a curiosity. It's a curiosity. It's, it's like you've stumbled across something in the bazaar. And then when, but when you rub the thing, a really boring genie comes out. I was going to say, but that makes it sound more exciting than yeah, it Yeah, no, it's not. I, yeah. I mean, I felt for the first time ever, and as I say, I've seen this film twice at the cinema, liked it more the second time. But the, but the thing that I liked the most about this film was the trailer. I don't think it yeah. matched the trailer no, at didn't. all. The music was brilliant. The yeah. bits where he, we think he's going to go back into the bottle mm. are fantastic. The trailer made me want to see this film, took mm. me back to the book. And in actual fact, the, the actual main film, as you've said very eloquently, was as predictable as hell. Mm. I don't. I didn't find Idris as nearly as sort of um, one note. I mean, he was supposed to be one note, so mm. I didn't mind it as much. I thought he very much mm. looked the character. Oh, he looked. Yeah, he looked. Great. I don't mind her at all, except there was no sort of real evidence of her being a storyteller at all. I think no. it had much more, much greater ideas than he managed to convey. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I would give it thirty-five. Wow, lower than me. Lower than lower me. Than... Yeah. I mean, I thought what they should have done or could have done was I think they should have laced and threaded more of that like little guy at the airport and the guy in the lecture hall. Yeah, I, mean, I think they should have threaded more of that into the present. And yeah. I think that would have been a bit more captivating or, or, or just a little less predictable. Yeah. It would just made you go, oh, I don't know what's going to happen here. Yeah. Whereas you knew when you returned to the hotel room, it was going to be pretty standard. You know, I've got this. Yeah. You know that little man in the airport? That yes, he in... could live in that. No, no, he was on the tube the other day. He mm. came down the escalator opposite The me. actor? Yes. How freaky. For more film and family fun, don't forget to click the subscribe button and make sure to click the bell to never miss an update.